0: And welcome, everybody, to The Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Hope you're well. Uh, boy, I tell you what, like 2020 can't get even uh, crazier. President Trump, as everyone knows by now, has COVID-19 along with Melania. He's got uh, cold-like symptoms for now, mild. We'll see how that develops. And uh, I mean, you don't even know what to say at this point, Um Obviously thoughts and prayers, all of that uh, with the president. though, uh, on the liberal left and the Twitter sphere, uh, they're not saying that at all. As a matter of fact, there's stuff on Twitter saying that uh, they hope the president dies and um, they're rooting for the virus. I mean crazy stuff like that. and these are from Blue Check. Uh, verified Twitter accounts uh, from the left. So it's pretty pathetic. But anyhow, uh, today on the podcast, uh, we're going to hear from two folks that you know very well. Senator Ted Cruz will be with us and Charlie Kirk, the founder of Turning Point USA. Uh, Both were on the water cooler show, My Money Through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern show that you can watch on Real America's Voice every single day. We will talk with both Charlie Kirk and Ted Cruz coming up next on the Pod's Honest Truth. And welcome back, everybody, to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. All right, time now for our interview with Ted Cruz. Uh, You know him well. He's the senator of Texas and, of course, uh, ran for president. Well, why why am I going through the whole resume? I mean, look it up on Wikipedia. You know the deal. Um, And so I had a chance to talk to Senator Cruz today about President Trump and COVID-19 in terms of when he heard the news and what the road forward is, uh, specifically as it relates to Uh, A couple of things. Number one, the Supreme Court nomination battle. Because remember, uh, President Trump was with Amy Coney Barrett. A few days, well, it was about a week ago or so. And then, of course, Amy Coney Barrett went to Capitol Hill uh, and met with a lot of senators, including Ted Cruz. And so he talks about whether or not the Supreme Court nomination battle could be delayed. He gets into that. Also, the 25th Amendment. A lot of folks have been talking about whether or not uh, we need to queue up the 25th Amendment as it relates to succession in case President Trump is incapacitated and can't do his job. I think we're way, way early on any of that talk, but I do ask him about that. So here's Ted Cruz on the Pod's Honest Truth. Senator Ted Cruz, great to uh, have you with us. Thanks for joining me, I really appreciate it.
1: David, it's great to be with you, thanks for having me.
0: Well, how did you hear the big news? First of all, obviously with President Trump and COVID-19, H- how did you hear and what's your reaction to it,
2: sir?
1: You know, I, I heard when everyone else did, when, when the news broke, I, I saw it on my cell phone. Uh, it's it's obviously concerning, Heidi and Heidi and I, our, our prayers are with the President, with the First Lady. Uh, that that they they recover um, I, I guess the news has reported the president has mild symptoms. I hope that he recovers quickly we need him strong and 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 strong and ready and and I hope that that uh, he gets better quickly.
0: Senator are there certain questions and, and answers that you want in your mind in terms of what happens now? I mean I guess we just wait to see how the symptoms progress for the president but there are you know, people already talking about the 25th Amendment and where, what road we might have to go down there. What's your sense from a constitutional perspective about where we are right now?
1: I, I think all of that is wildly premature. I mean, look, the, the Democrats and the media have been speculating about the 25th Amendment since Inauguration Day, and, and they've been eager at every moment to invoke the 25th Amendment to President Trump, and they want him not to be president. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, with mild symptoms, it's not remotely a concern. Look, any time you have a president, if, if someone gets seriously ill, that's something that can happen to, to any human being. And, and, and if that situation develops, w- we'll deal with it then. But at this point, um, the president is under medical care. The first lady is under medical care. They're, they're as I understand it, in quarantine and taking reasonable precautions. And, and hopefully, uh, it does not develop seriously. It, it, this is a disease we've seen that has wildly different impacts on different people. For some people, it has very, very serious uh, health implications. For other people, the symptoms are quite mild. And so I, I hope the president and first lady uh, fall into the latter category.
0: Uh, To talk about the Supreme Court nomination situation, do do you see this potentially being affected at all? Because, you know, with contact tracing and the fact that Amy Coney Barrett was with the president, then with some senators, yourself included, I mean, how how is this going to work exactly? Do you see complications at all as it relates to the Senate Judiciary hearing coming up?
1: You know, I I don't believe there will be. Um, The Judiciary Committee has the capacity, and we've been doing this for some time now, uh, to do either in-person hearings, remote hearings, or some hybrid of the two. Uh, we do hearings every week where, where some senators are participating uh, via remote conversation and some are in person uh, with Judge Barrett. So I, I met with her this week, uh, and, and actually when, when, when all the senators met with her, we met in a very socially distanced, safe environment, uh, they, they did it in a, in a very different circumstance than, than is as typical. Usually with a Supreme Court nominee, that nominee will come to each senator's office. And so in the course of a week or two, they'll come to all 100 senators, typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time, many Democrats are refusing even to talk to her. But uh, rather than having her come to each senator's office, what we did instead is she went to the Capitol uh, went to a room called the Mansfield Room, where uh, mm-hmm. where the majority typically has lunch, and we met there in a, in a socially distanced way, where the chairs were about eight feet apart.
0: Well, Senator, you you know the criticisms are going to come the president's way, as you might imagine. Democrats and and liberals in the media are already getting on his case for you know f- you know the masks and the social distance and the big rallies without uh, anybody wearing masks. I mean, what's the reaction to some of the pushback that this president? Uh, and writ large, maybe some conservatives are gonna get for kind of making it a wild west scenario. That's the way they see it and they say, well, look, the president got it and he wasn't responsible.
1: Well, it, it's not surprising that you're seeing Democrats in the media being mean-spirited and, and, and wishing hateful things on the president. Uh, the reality is the president and the White House, that the, there are rigid protocols in place. So anytime you meet with the president, uh, they require you to take a COVID test. So if you go to a White House meeting, you have to take the COVID test. Everyone surrounding the president is taking COVID tests. Um, I, I recall a few weeks back, I, I I flew with the president to Midland, Texas, uh, on Air Force One, and everyone going on Air Force One, you had to go to the White House at, at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. And, and get a COVID test that day. And actually, one of the people who was flying with us was Congressman Louis Gomert and Louis came to the White House. He was tested, he tested positive. So they said, You're not getting on the plane. Right. And and Louie went. Thankfully Louis is, is better and is doing fine now. But uh, um, there are very significant health protocols in place around the president. But that being said, this is an infectious disease and and, and it's impossible to to drop to zero the risk of, of transmission. Senator
0: Ted Cruz, thanks for all of the time on a very busy Friday. I appreciate it.
1: Good to talk. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your
0: happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline. Well, that's Ted Cruz on the Pods Honest Truth. Time now for our interview with Charlie Kirk, the founder of Turning Point USA and close uh, personal friend of the president. He does a lot when it comes to uh, getting out younger conservatives to vote. Uh, President Trump's going to need every single one of those for sure in 2020. And now what will Charlie Kirk's role be uh, going forward? Because the president is pretty much sidelined. No campaign events. He's pretty much, oh, he is in quarantine. We don't quite know when he's going to have his next campaign event. Charlie Kirk says it's time for folks like him and others to do the heavy lifting for the president. Here is Charlie Kirk on my water cooler show today on the Pod's Honest Truth. Charlie, hey, thanks for being here. I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Well, look, I'm going to get to some of the, the crazy liberal tweets in a moment. I'm sure you might have a thing or two to say about that. Uh, but tell me first how you heard the news about the president and your reaction. I know you're, you're close friends with him. You're, you, you know him well.
2: Yeah, when, when I first heard last uh, evening uh, that Hope Hicks had the virus, it didn't really uh, add up very much. I, I, I know the process of going into the White House. You have to get tested. You have to uh, go through the nasal swab. And I thought to myself, if Hope Hicks has it, then there's probably more to this story. And then the president tweeted that he was quarantining and I know they have instant testing. So they probably did a more thorough test. Uh, and so then I I went to bed and my phone just kept ringing off the hook. And, uh, then next thing you knew, I, um, kind of woke up at 2 AM and the president was, uh, was tested positive. So we, uh, we did a podcast instantaneously and, uh, as predicted, the left is wishing death upon our president.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit, Charlie. I mean, unfortunately, it's not surprising. But, you know, the, the left has to be careful here. The, you know, they're going to say, I told you so. You know, this is coming, Charlie. But, but if they try to gloat here, this is not the time for gloating.
2: Well, obviously, I mean, just look at how conservatives reacted to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and now look at how the left is reacting to the president mm-hmm. uh, being infected with the Chinese coronavirus. And it's just not even close. And of course, they'll get away with it. Linda Sarsour, a leading Democrat, uh, said, oh, it looks like someone doesn't want to debate any longer. Um, You had uh, Andrew Yang, who ran for the presidency with the Democrats, who said, "Uh, geez, I hope he didn't give it to Joe. That's his first reaction, Andrew Yang. Not that I hope that the president lives and survives, but instead, I hope that my political uh, choice isn't also infected. So, look, I, I wish this would be a post-political moment. I wish this would have been a time when people would have just, you know, sent their wishes and prayers. You put plenty of the death threats up on, it's not death threats, death wishes, I guess you should say. I, it's a better way to say it. On screen, uh, it is not surprising any of us that actually deal with the left every day. We all get death threats. We all get chased in the streets by these people. And now you're only seeing that manifest uh, in the death wishes uh, of our duly elected president.
0: Charlie, I wanna talk a little bit about uh, your work in, in this election, what you're trying to get accomplished. Uh, how does this potentially impact any of that, or, or, or does it? I mean, the president isn't gonna be obviously campaigning anytime soon, but you've got some work to do yourself with Turning Point USA, which has been a real um, uh, behemoth, if you will, a real, real force in election politics.
2: Yeah, I mean, through Turning Point Action, yes, uh, Turning Point USA is our educational arm. So we, we stay out of politics there. But Turning Point Action, we're running Students for Trump and we are doing quite a lot to uh, mobilize uh, young Trump supporters. And look, the campaign has announced they're not going to do any more events uh, uh, in the foreseeable future. Uh, we actually uh, don't, are not taking that tact. Uh, we are actually going to be in full operation mode. And so in some ways, maybe Uh, what we are doing is more important than ever. And so I'll be going to Utah next week if the VP debate is still happening. I'll be in Tennessee this weekend. Um, So we're going to still be crisscrossing the country, doing live events, mobilizing students around, uh, you know, the support of the president. And so uh, that's what we're doing through Turning Point Action and Students for Trump. And uh, I really believe that, um, you know, kind of our work is more important than ever, especially if the campaign is truly going to uh, kind of... uh, you know, kind of take it easy in the coming weeks. And so we're going to be in full aggressive mode right now. And uh, just because we're afforded the opportunity to do so, obviously taking proper precautions, but we got an election in 30 days, a million people have already voted. So the election's already here.
0: You know, the Democrats are going to be grabbing smelling salts uh, November 3rd, or potentially at the Supreme Court, depending on whenever this gets decided. If Biden and the Democrats lose this thing. I mean, look, think about it, right? The president's been impeached. Uh, he uh, he's got to deal with COVID nineteen in terms of actually getting the virus. And oh, by the way, there's this huge COVID nineteen pandemic, and everything's been kind of curtailed back, anyhow. I mean, th- this would be uh, beyond belief uh, for for this president to win at this point. I think a lot of people would be surprised if he does.
2: Look, it's hard to know. I mean, I. I was watching cable TV this morning and someone was trying to predict exactly what's going to happen. And it's not predictions. It's guessing. I mean, at this point, if you have any idea of the unforeseen consequences of everything that has happened this year and you think you can model it and you can pull it, you're just guessing at this point. And so I can make an informed guess. I mean, the president's going to do a lot better than people believe based on what we're seeing on the ground. But now with the president being infected, Now, with the campaign being put into uncertainty with the debate, I I, I am I am left to believe that nobody knows. And if anyone is telling you what is going to happen, they're probably just, you know, in the middle of the dark, just saying, how about that? And so, look, the left is certain, though, that they're going to win. Uh, I hope that they continue that certainty because certainty usually breeds apathy and comfort. So I'm not going to try to convince them otherwise. However, I will say this, that. This is a probably one of the most important months in the history of our republic. Very few people, if anyone could have saw this deviation, um, You know, not deviation, that's the right word, but this disruption uh, on top yeah. of the vacant Supreme Court seat, on top of everything else that's happening. 2020 is really a year where a lot of these different things are intersecting into one. It's a stress test yeah. for the American country and culture and system, and I pray that we'll pass it.
0: Charlie, I got less than a minute left, maybe about 30 seconds or so. What's your sense? I mean, in terms of the word deflating to conservatives, I mean, President Trump thrives off uh, the crowd, the audience, the rallies. You know, he was doing airport hangers, uh, which is not as good as the 30,000 people type rallies. Now now what? I mean, this has got to be a little deflating to say, oh, you're taking away his bread and butter. And uh, it's got to be a bit of a punch to the gut.
2: Well, look, first, let's make sure the president um, defeats the virus. Personally, I think that should be our first priority. Uh, And secondly, we're going to have to pick up the slack. People like myself, Donald Trump Jr., and other. We're now going to do more events, and we're going to have our president's back because he's had our back. And so we are going to double down. We're going to do more. Uh, We're going to be out there even more. And uh, if the president is not able to campaign, we'll do it for him.
0: Charlie Kirk, always great to see you. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it.
2: Thank you. God bless you. Bye.
1: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
0: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
1: Learn more at meta.com slash impact.
0: A big thanks to Charlie Kirk and, of course, Ted Cruz to come on The Water Cooler Show. Once again, you can watch my Monday through Friday Water Cooler Show, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Real America's Voice, also on Pluto TV. Remember, Pluto, in case you don't know, maybe you're over 30, over 30, over 40, over 50, and you're like, what is Pluto exactly? Look, Pluto is the new streaming television service, you know, like Netflix, right? You know all about that. Well, now they're streaming live television for free. So if you don't want to pay for cable and you just want television for free, cable television for free, you download Pluto right there on your smart TV uh, or your phone and all that good stuff. So that's the water cooler Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern on Real America's Voice Network. Uh, And by the way, it's just some quick analysis before we leave you on the president and COVID-19. I don't even know where to begin, but let's just start with this. The bottom line is if if you or I or anybody think we know how this is going to end, whether it be from an election standpoint uh, or just how or whether or not this helps the president politically or not, no one knows. I mean, let's be honest. First of all, we have to see how the symptoms progress or don't progress, number one. Uh, Secondly, let's remember, there's a school of thought here that the Democrats are going to say, which is basically that, hey, I told you so. Uh, we told you to wear a mask. Stop flaunting it. Uh, you know, and T- Donald Trump was like, you know, come to the rallies. I don't care if you wear a mask. If you wear a mask, great. If you don't, you don't. So so there's the the hindsight second guessing. And of course, that could hurt President Trump to say, you know, why do we want to elect a reckless president? At the same time, there is a school of thought that says, hey, wait a minute, President Trump has COVID. He could be seen as, get ready for this, folks, a sympathetic figure. I know Donald Trump and a sympathetic figure, but he got COVID. He's 74. He beat it. Patriotism rules. Come on, let's all pull for the president, that type of. Hey, look, it's out there. That's the other school of thought. Truth of the matter is, I have no idea, neither do you, neither does any political pundit, and quite frankly, even uh, the president himself and Biden have no idea how this is all going to end. Can't wait. We're going to follow it here on The Pod's Honest Truth.